0: okay, maybe today AI is not going to impact us, but what about in four years' time? What about in five years' time? So we need to constantly be researching. So digital transformation has changed the way business analysts work. We need to be more um, aware of those technologies that are coming up before digital transformation became a big thing. Business analysts could just be generalists. They could just be happy to know one thing and just work on that. And that becomes their special specialization. But now that's with digital transformation, we need to be aware of how these different emerging technologies can impact us as a company.
1: Welcome to the Inside Business Analysis Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Jacobs. And today I am joined with Vivian. How are you doing today, Vivian?
0: I'm fantastic, Tando. How are you doing? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for being uh, on the podcast today.
0: Well, thank you for having me. And it's even better; the sun is shining today, so it's a good day.
1: <laughs> it, it, the, the sun makes all the difference. Yes, it does.
0: That makes a difference for me. It does
1: <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Um, so, brief, just you know, for the people listening, briefly tell us who you are and what do you do.
0: Hello. Hello, everyone. My name is Vivian Watcher and I am a business analyst. I've been working as a business analyst for over 15 years now. I know it's kind of long. (laughs) And um, basically, and um, as part of, I mean, in the course of my career, I've actually worked on multiple digital transformation projects um, across the globe. So my work has taken me to Asia, to Africa, to Europe, to um, to America. And I love what I do because I love traveling as well. So it's it's, it's a win-win for me. And helping organizations to implement technology solutions to kind of help them to um, improve their profits or to streamline their processes and basically to improve their bottom line. That's me in a nutshell.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? You, I think you've just unlocked a new, at uh, least in my mind, a new benefit or attraction to the business analysis profession and that is travel abroad.
0: <laughs> no, it is. I love to travel. So I've gone to um, places like Singapore. I've gone to India. Um, I've gone to Nigeria, where I'm originally from. So, you know, it's again, like I said, it's, I love traveling. Um, so mm. um, help working on global transformation projects has given me that. So I've traveled, you know, just in the world as well doing what I love doing. I love what I do. Um, my background is I, I'm, I'm a financial accountant. I'm a qualified accountant, actually. Right. Yes, yeah, so I did all my qualifications and everything, but I just didn't like the mundane number crunching, number one. I I didn't like the fact that I was always the ethnic minority in the room. And I thought it would be different on the other side where um, I love technology. I love to understand how systems work. And so I thought it'd be different. And then I went on the other side. So I kind of Jump ship, I did a, an SAP certification program, um, got on an SAP project, they're working as an SAP consultant. And yeah, and I was still the ethnic minority in the room, the only female in the room now as well. Uh, however, but I love what I do because no two projects are the same. It's always new challenges and I, I get bored easily. So I, I enjoy it.
1: I enjoy the challenge. So yeah. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you? How did you find out then about business analysis whilst you were doing the number crunching? Oh, uh,
0: so um, I found out by uh, business about business analysis by mistake, believe it or not. So basically, like I said, I I left accounting. and I said becoming an SAP consultant. So I did the configuration. So basically, I was the one that um, get I'll be in the room to understand the requirements, but I'll build the system for the client. And then I was on this particular project, and I had this person that was supposed to be the middle. Middleman, right? And I, it was kind of frustrating me because he wasn't, he, he wasn't even giving me the right requirements. So I kept like, I'm like, what are you doing? What's, what's your role? And he's like, oh, I'm a business analyst. I'm like, what does that mean? What does that even mean? He's like, well, well, I'm the one that's understanding what the business wants and I'm telling you what the business wants. And I'm like, well, you're not getting a very good job about it. <laughs> you're telling me the wrong things. <laughs> However, I, 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 do, I initially dismissed it as, well, I don't even understand what this person is doing. But then he now showed me um, a process map right? And I was like, how did you do this? <laughs> I guess for me, I was just, oh, I thought this was magic. Like, how did you, this was like, I understood the process just by looking at that map. And you know, he kind of made it look like it was some really difficult thing to do. I, I, I like a challenge. So like, I went and I started digging into it and I started reading more about business analysis. And I thought, oh, that's what I do. I mean, I basically do that. The only thing is that I'm doing the configuration at the end, as opposed to just getting the requirements passing on to the technology team. And so I went and I did a course in business analysis, which is a good thing I did that because I worked as an SAP consultant at the time I was like doing the configuration like a functional consultant. However, um, by the time I did the business analysis course, I was actually heavily pregnant. So after I had my second child, there was a recession. And they were looking for SAP business analysts. So they, they were not no longer looking for functional consultants because a lot of our functional work had gone abroad. They were looking for people that could speak the language and that could be that middle person. And so, Hey, here I was. So I said, well, there I am. So, um, and that's how I then transitioned into the SAP, um, the BA role initially as an SAP consultant on SAP ex- subject matter expert that I've then been exposed to other projects that are not necessarily SAP. So. That's how I joined into it, and business analysis, the world of business analysis and I'm loving it. And I'm still loving it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I mean, 15 years on you're still doing it. It sounds like you haven't regretted that decision, should I say? No,
0: I'm actually happy I am happy I did because again, another thing that I, I loved about business analysis was the fact so I I when I got num- tired of number crunching, I was thinking what can I do? What's next, right? And most of the other things that I had any interest in, like I really like tax as a finance person meant that I had to go down the ladder again and start coming up. But oh, this analysis, or when I transitioned into the SAP role, I didn't really take a hit. I mean, I took a couple of thousands off my salary, but it wasn't like a major hit. Like the others was like literally half of your salary was going to go, mm. right? So that was, so, and that's, a, that's the thing about business analysis. It gives you that soft landing. So if you're a professional looking transition into a new space, you're not necessarily going to be taking like a big cut in, in pay if you can show your transferable skills and show the value you're bringing to that organization, you can actually still start on where you are or even higher at some, at some mm. times. So yeah, that's what I like yeah. as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's such a very good point, actually. Like even even the your first BA role wouldn't be too big of a hit in, in most scenarios anyway, because mm-hmm. um, not largely speaking, the BA role obviously has transferable skills. So someone in your position might have even gone to a finance company and said I'm an accountant but I've got BA skills mm-hmm. so I'll be a BA in your in your organization and they can kind of potentially pivot that way around right exactly um exactly. so that's that's an interesting point as well actually about the BA role and, and, the, and the career choice mm-hmm. uh so so you mentioned that you've got you know your kind of your specialty, should I say or one of them is digital transformation yes <laughs> uh, and you've, you've done a, a lot of work around that I've been around the globe um uh, and stuff but actually, by the way, which is, which has been your favorite destination or oh, city outside of obviously your home country? Oh, okay.
0: Um, Singapore. Uh, wow. Oh God, I love Singapore. I, I was, I went to Singapore and I came back and I said to my husband, can we move? <laughs> no, But I was like, no, please. So I've been like, uh, num- so I went there. I did like a number of things there, like, um, over, 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 over the course of five weeks. So um and I and I've been back there on my own on holidays ever since then because it's so Singapore, it's wide why do I like it? It's a clean country, it's the weather is beautiful, um, people are nice, the food is amazing. So you know, it takes all my boxes for me. So yeah.
1: Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and they're the right boxes to take in my mind as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Um so yeah, back to digital transformation then. So um what what exactly would you say digital transformation is and, and why is it important?
0: Okay, so first of all, I'd like to start from the, start from the back end, because people hear digital transformation and think, oh, we know what it is, but and analytics mm. confuse it with digitization and digitalization, they're, they're all different, right? So when we're talking about things about digitization, basically, we're basically looking at things that have happened in the past. So like, for example, we have pen, uh, we, you know, uh, we have a customer, we're writing down we have a pen and a paper, and we're writing down what that you know what the process is, what the customer wants, and then now we're looking to put that into some sort of spreadsheet. So that's digitization. So it's happened in the past. We have had this thing that we now want to put it in some sort of um, document repository, for example, and it could be Excel. It could be something as basic as that. So that's that digitization. Then we move on and we say, okay, you know what? Now we're in Excel. We don't really we think we need a, a better system to um, to help us keep this information or to document this information, right? And then we start to look at the digitalization, because basically we're now looking at, are moving from Excel to some sort of system, okay, and that's to improve our processes. Usually that's the case, okay, we need to improve our processes. How do we do that? Oh, okay, we have a system, we have things like SAP, we have things like Salesforce, let's use that to improve whatever process we're trying to improve. So it's basically happening currently at the moment to improve our processes. Then digital transformation comes in. Right. What is that? So just to make sure, basically looking at the future, is reimagining how we're going to work as a business. It's basically saying, what this, we have emerging technologies coming on board. So we have, you know, I mean, chat GPT is a hot thing right now. So we have things like AI, we have machine learning, we have cloud computing. How is that going to impact us as a business? So it might not even impact us now, but at, in the future, how is that going to impact us? We start to think about that. How do we start to transform our business to, just, to make sure that we're serving our customers' needs? We're improving our products and basically improving our profit line. So that's what this transformation is about in, in a nutshell, in in baby language, I guess. I've tried to say mm. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a very, very, uh, well, probably the best <laughs> explanation that I've heard of it, I'd say, because you've really broke down uh, the three distinctions of, uh, uh, I guess, transferring from one mm-hmm. uh, form to another form, mm-hmm. um, what already exists, yes. uh, which is digitalization, and then actually then improving that particular form into a much better form, which is digitalization, but then digital automation <sighs> is more of a strategic approach to it of saying, okay, where are we going, what are we doing, and maybe even building today for the for tomorrow kind of situation exactly. um, so as, as an organizational perspective, of course.
0: Yes. So basically is strategically always a kind of strategy. So what are, you know? how can we improve our strategy using the emerging technologies that are coming on board? So it's not, not, not for technology's sake or because, you know, mm. physically, how can we improve our, our company? How can we reimagine what we do with the emerging technologies that are coming on board?
1: Right, right, right. What, how, how do you help, uh, I guess, uh, decision makers to, to embrace that concept or that mindset of... Um, this is not just about, oh, let's just buy this new toy that everyone in the industry is using, mm-hmm. but actually we're about thinking strategically here. How, how do we communicate that in our, in our profession?
0: So basically, of course, as space analysts, we know we're always identifying opportunities, we're identifying problems, <laughs> right? And we're identifying problems so that it doesn't become um, a pain and we can actually kind of Get a, get a solution that can solve that problem to ensure that we're running as a business. We also identify opportunities so as to help us imp- improve our market share, improve our, our bottom line, right? Now, you'll you'll always come up with a business case. I mean, that's the only way you can sell it to leaders. And your business case is going to be showing the benefits. It's going to be showing, okay, of course, this is how much you're going to spend initially, but this is what the benefit is going to be. This is when we're going to get our return on investment. This is what's going to happen. It might be a reputational um, improvement. It might you know, it might be, um, Cost saving, it might be getting new market share, right? So, we it's with coming up with your business cases, we identify, we do our research. And like I said, it's also thinking about okay, maybe today um, AI is not going to impact us, but what about in four years' time? What about in five years' time? So, we need to constantly be researching. So, digital transformation has changed the way business analysts work. We need to be more um, aware of those technologies that are coming up, right? So, initially, before DT and I think the pandemic actually accelerated the that that process of digital transformation. like. Right? but before the pandemic or before digital transformation became a big thing, where business analysts could be just be generalists, they could just be happy to know one thing and just work on that, and that becomes their special specialization. But now, that's with digital transformation, we need to be aware of how these different emerging technologies can impact us as a company. Maybe not really today, but in the future, and that's you know, come up with a case. Again, it's always back to your business case and stick that to to your senior leadership to say, this is where we are today. If we do X, Y, Z, this is where we're going to be in the future. If we reimagine the way we're going to work. Again, Again, how do we even get that information? We're looking at our competition. What are they doing? We're looking at outside our industry and see what they're doing with things like, say, for example, AI, and see how we can actually bring that into our industry and how that can help us be better at what we do. So yeah, so that's the way. So that's the way we need start to start to get the buy-in. It's basically, you know, it's always selling the benefits. What will happen mm. if we do it now? If we don't do anything, these are our options, right? Coming up with our options analysis. If we don't do anything now, this is what's going to happen. If we do this, this is what's going to happen. And we we'll put the we we'll put the numbers out there for them to decide. Mm,
1: mm, mm, absolutely. What what um? How would you advise say, a business analyst who's whose experience has largely been on the digitalization perspective of, uh, you know, we have Excel right now, and we want to transition over to Salesforce, for mm-hmm. example. That's kind of what the experience has been all along. So it's it's almost as if the solution is already predefined mm-hmm. before they even get involved. Yes. Uh, to say, we are buying this, or we've already bought this, assigned the licenses, we just need you to, tr- to help us migrate from yes. this to that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, whereas digital transformation is this, this, almost the opposite. It's almost saying, actually, uh, there is no solution at this point in time it might not have been a problem that we uh, are aware of but mm-hmm. through the work of a bit of, of the strategic business analysis they're able to identify these things how do you i guess uh, sh- uh what advice would you give a ba to shift their mindset of okay you've come from this space but digital transformation is actually a very different approach
0: so again i think it's a lot of learning so i'm always reading up things and <laughs> my friends call me professor but i'm like no i need to keep i need to keep myself abreast of what's going on so I, I like with lots of like cios and have a have a business review and because they tell you different things of what's happening in the, in the industry what organizations are doing right that's number one number three is also understanding different technologies you don't have to be an expert in it you can, you can decide to specialize in one part that's entirely up to you but then um again you need to know the other part so for example there's a a correlation between um, RPA, for example, and machine learning. Why? Because your RPA software, at some point, we need the machine learning to start to learn how to, um, read the, to read the information, right? And automatically pick up on, okay, so this is what this particular supplier, for example, if it was invoices, this particular supplier, this is how they give us their their invoice, right? And by doing it a couple of times, there's a bit of machine learning that starts to learn how what to expect when that invoice comes in so you can post that through. And so if I say I want to just do RPA, but I'm not understand machine learning, I, I then I miss that. There's a gap in how we can actually um, utilize both of those technologies to, you know, to improve our processes. For example, okay. So it, mm-hmm. so it, it's really understanding those modern technologies, like I said before. Um, for example, let's go to your example. You said Salesforce. So we, I'm a, I'm a BA. I'm a Salesforce expert. I know all about my Salesforce. However, now we know there's cloud computing. So maybe the Salesforce we had was on premise, right? So my server, it was, it was, we had it in the, in our, in our organization. We're paying for a huge, um, huge server, um, database or whatever it is. But now we see that if we move to the cloud, it's going to be cheaper for us. So it's for me to start to think about, okay. What are what what are the benefits of having this in the cloud? What are we saving? What are our cost savings? You know, compared to what we're doing now, why in the cloud is quicker? It's you know it's it's global. Everybody, I mean, anybody around the world can just have access to it. They don't need to have you don't have to be in the office. You know those kind of things. It's kind of advantage. you know. So, but by understanding that, you can then take it to your to your IT guys or your CIO, wherever it is, your sales director, to say, okay, I know right now we're paying on premise, but if we go if we move to the cloud, this is how much this is our savings. This is, this is the benefits of moving to the cloud. We can quickly pivot if anything happens because, you know, it's now no longer us being responsible for our servers. We're having to pay somebody else to take care of that, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. And I mean, if, if we're saving money and if it's huge savings and the benefits obviously outweigh the cost, of course, then the sales director will be on, on it. So that's how you start mm-hmm. to move, start to change that mindset. Is trying to understand, okay, we have Salesforce, but Salesforce, mm-hmm. what, what is their next, next giving? Or oh, they have on the cloud. Why? What's the cloud? Oh, I know we have people saying to us, "Oh, it's a public cloud. So, um, our data is not secure. But well, then there's a private cloud. And look at it. Okay, what's the difference between public and private? What, are, as an organization, where do we stand? Do we, do we really, I you know, our data, I mean, because it's still secure in the public, but it, obviously mm-hmm. it's, it's susceptible to um, hackers a lot higher than if we had a private cloud. We do You compare the prices and see. If the on type of organizations we're working in, so I worked in an organization that was a financial services organization, and we had looked to go to the cloud. And at the time, my recommendation was no, let's not move to the cloud. Why? Because that particular product had not, was not secure enough to keep our data safe. So we still were on premise until, you know, and they gave that software, and that company said, okay, give us a couple of years and we'll be able to secure this, et cetera, et cetera. Because that was moving to the cloud would have been foolish of us because we're financial services organization. We hold very sensitive records. We need to ensure that our record is secure, and they were, they didn't have a private cloud yet as well, so we couldn't even get, go down that route, right? So those are the kind of things you you need to start to educate yourself. So you, it's not about oh, I'm a Salesforce expert and I know what I'm doing. No, it's about educating mm-hmm. yourself. Um, I mean, when I am going to back to GPT because GPT has even changed the way we work right? mm-hmm. as this analyst. It's it's a lot. You know, if you need to understand how to interact with ChatGPT to make your work to make your work smarter. I mean, I love ChatGPT. I say it's my best friend now, so <laughs> you know, but it's again, it's about continuous learning about trying out new things, going for demos, asking so even going onto to Salesforce going to their website, seeing what's you know, the new tool, so if you're a salesforce expert, for example, seeing the new tools that are out there because salesforce are constantly bringing out new products because they are the top they're the top leaders in the market, so they are constantly being using the new technologies to ensure that they are you know they are still the top leaders so Understand what mm. you're doing, why you're doing it, what's the technology behind that, and how that's going to benefit you as an organisation. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying national.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, some really key points. And just touch on that last point that you just mentioned about, uh, I guess, well, you, you touched, touched on it quite a bit about learning, continuously learning learning even. Um, there may be some BAs who they don't necessarily uh, to to your previous point. The more generalist BAs they don't they don't have any. A specific salesforce or sap or oracle knowledge or, or anything like that mm. uh, or even chat gpt even you know they don't have any technical knowledge of any of any kind mm. so to speak they kind of just know business analysis requirements and process models that kind of thing are there any particular um tools or softwares or systems that you would 100 percent recommend that people should at least learn some uh, at some form basic level mm.
0: So I'm just trying to think about, right, I'll give you, so for me, <laughs> I go to websites and I try to see if there's any demo, <laughs> like mm. if there's any free demos, like free downloads, right. That I can familiarize myself with, uh, mm. and get used to that. So, um, I don't know if Salesforce do any, I know Salesforce, actually Salesforce have oh, they have an academy and I, most of it is free, right? Yeah, most of it is free, and you can learn as um, as a developer, as a, as a BA, the different the different levels, and so you can have access to that. So that's one way of doing it, right? So you can um, there's another as another site called UiPath, and that's for robotic process automation. And the UiPath also has uh, the business analyst side of it, and it has the developer side of it. So the, so the, so the, that's already two. So if you wanted to be a robotic process automa- automation expert or specialist going to UiPath and it's free. It's not, you're not paying for it. It's just your time, right? So you're going to the UiPath Academy and you and it, they tell you. So when we talk about robotic process automation, you think it's a robot, right? It's actually a software. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's uh, not like you have a physical robot coming to say to you, oh, I'm going to pr- automate your processes. No, it's a software. And that's what, you, so when you do um, this UiPath um, courses, it teaches you like you see it you see it. Oh, okay that's what it is it's just a software right and you can go down the developer path so i'm I'm still working on my ba path and then i'm going to do the developer path because i not because i'm going to code or because i want to do anything like that i'm very big on pushing the fact that we don't have to be technically minded to be ba's or to work in tech. Mm-hmm. that's one of my mm-hmm. things on and if you follow me on linkedin that's what i'm trying always trying to teach um but mm-hmm. because it's always good to see i because i'm very curious to understand how we actually build um, build the software, and for me, it's so I can also challenge when I'm working on a project. When a developer is saying to me, "We can't do that. I'm like, "Oh no, yes, we can." And this is how we can do it, and they're like, "Oh, okay, oh yes, we can." <laughs> you know, so mm. just my own knowledge as well. So again, so those are, so Salesforce is a good um, is a good one, and UI path is another one for you to then um, to um, you know get abreast with software or see uh, how the software works. And now we have lots of cloud. So now we have lots of cloud, um, cloud-based solutions, right? You can go onto their websites and just play around. I know, I know SA, MSAP, um, which they call S4HANA, also have a site where you can play around with and demo um, with their system. But okay, if you've never used it, then it might be a bit confusing for you. But that's why I know Salesforce would show you, walk you through, and also UiPath.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know, on that point of continuous learning, I I also embarked on a journey towards the end of last year on learning about APIs and SQL specifically. Fantastic. Um, I mean, and <laughs> yeah, no, you know, honestly, it was it, not. Well, now that I've, obviously I don't know everything, but I know enough to, to kind of you know have a conversation about it and to, mm-hmm. to kind of start using SQL. Uh, uh, but it it's actually not really as difficult as I, as i thought it would totally. be at all mm-hmm. um it's really just about going as you say putting in the time it's the time effort that it costs yeah, and, yeah. Like, there's a lot of free resources out there mm-hmm. uh, you you just named a couple of websites but you know i don't even throw in youtube there's a lot of youtube tutorials out there that are really really good
0: exactly um, the university on its own right
1: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely some that are really good that would really dive deep on on the things that you want to learn and mm-hmm. and the cost element of it is okay. I'm gonna put aside two hours of my time, yeah. uh, you know, to really learn this thing, uh, and that's the cost. And I think that's probably, if we're being honest, that's probably the, I wouldn't say barrier to and barrier to it, but I'll probably say, uh, the the problem is laziness, maybe <laughs> if I can say that way around, where. It's the laziness to not learn that's holding us back as BAs. <laughs> yes, it is. But
0: again, it's back to, okay, let's use the business case on ourselves and benefits. What's the benefit? So like now you mm. now you understand APIs, any e-commerce project, you know, you're good at, you're, you're, they're going to want you or any project where they're looking to integrate APIs, you're, you know, you're the BA that you, you're already, you're putting yourself ahead of the market, right? So that's what I tell myself. Okay, yeah, I know I'd rather be doing something else, watching a movie. Oh. <laughs> well, that movie isn't going to be paying my bills, isn't going to be giving me the rates I want. So. Um, no, I'm just going to shut down. So actually every week now I have a day, I'm giving myself a day for my CPD because I need to just continuously develop myself. Right. And, and, it, and, and it's, it's, yeah. And I find it very beneficial. It's never failed me. It's always put me ahead of the market. It's always made me uh um, marketable, right? If I need, mm-hmm. I need to go speak to clients, I know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. I can, I can offer better value. And so that's, that's, that's my benefit and that's why I do it
1: of course yeah yeah no i i completely agree with that i completely agree with that um so just going back to the, the so that you mentioned earlier on about the um Digita- I'm trying to remember the correct terminology here. From 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 a, from one method to another is digitization.
0: So digitization is bent to be from pen to paper to a spreadsheet. So very
1: exactly. so it's,
0: basically, it's happened in the past and we're just trying to document it now using some sort of um, spreadsheet or doc or document right? Some sort of software. Yes. And then digitalization is basically moving from Excel to some sort of um, system. Right. So basically. Um, and then digital transformation is looking to the future, really using the emerging technologies to see how we can reimagine the way we do business.
1: Mm-hmm. So we spoke quite a bit about the role of a BA in the digital transformation element of it and the business case, and they're mm-hmm. doing the, the research and things like that. So coming back to the, the other two, so starting off with that initial one, uh, digitize, digitization, um, mm-hmm. what's the BA's role within that, and how can BAs kind of help organizations digitize the right things?
0: So I'll tell you a story. So, um, My first thing, I mean, I shouldn't say I was a BA. Um, My first thing that being a BA was actually my first job as an accountant. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because I I got a role with a startup company at the time. um, And they were basically pen to paper. And um, they're looking to, okay, move what they were doing to Excel as accountants. So I did the first part, digitization, we moved into Excel and then after Excel, so what was my process was obviously just understanding where all those documents were, all the all the manual documents were, and then kind of collating them and documenting them on Excel or Word or how you know whichever you know whichever whichever way lay laid. So if it was numbers, it was Excel, and then if it was Word documents, it was then Word. So when we're done with that, okay, so we then had an Excel accountant spreadsheet, I guess, <laughs> so where, our, uh, you know uh, our payments, our receipts, our expenses. Everything was being done in Excel and it was becoming mundane. It was becoming very manual, very laborious. So what's the next thing? Okay, so what system can we then, can we go by to help our work get better or our work get easier? And so again, so it's then, so uh, understanding what the requirements were. So like I said, I didn't know I was in the BA work. It was later when I became a BA, I was like, oh, that was my first BA role. And I totally enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved the fact that it wasn't just 100% numbers, right? I like numbers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I did accounting for a reason because I like numbers, but I just do not like the mundane dates. It's the same thing every day. And I, I like the variety of, you know, I like when there's a variety of things to do. So I understood, okay, what the requirements were. I spoke to the, um, I guess, the directors at the time. I spoke to the, um, the payroll guys because we're going to get a payroll system as well spoke to the bank to understand what we needed to do to be able to integrate our, our payments to the bank. Um, and so then understood our system. So when, we then went on and did our vendor selection, spoke to our vendors, um, chose the right, chose the right vendor that was, that was right for us at the time and then implemented this new software. Okay. So that was, the, as a BA, you're always the person driving the change, aren't we? So we're the change agents, aren't we? We're the ones understanding what the problem is. And then, um, coming up with the right solution. So I was the accountant at the time. I didn't know I was a BA, mm-hmm. but I did all that BA type work um, to get the right solution and um, basically implement that and worked with a the, with the vendor we selected. So we didn't have a developer team. We just went with the vendor, told them what our system, what we wanted the system to do for us and agreed with that. And then, you know, and implemented that with them and they, they did the testing. Again, I didn't know it was UA test, UAT. I was testing, tested it with self and the team. And once we're happy, we went live. I didn't use those terminologies in those days, but that was what we did. And so now, obviously, that's all the BA will do, and drive that change for them in that different phases and that different stages.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And that's actually a very clear example um, of the two. And the BA's role within that as well, which, yeah. is, which is great. And I wanted to touch on that because... Um, you know I'd imagine the three parts even though they all fall under the umbrella term of digital transformation, they require different approaches different skill sets Mm -hmm. and and different um, ways of working as a business analyst and and therefore um, it'd be good to I guess be exposed to all three at some stages in your career so that you can you know because not everyone might have the um, I guess the the role where they have that opportunity to work on these strategic digital transformation initiatives. Sure. Mm-hmm. But actually, they can still, in their current position, look at digitizing something um, or digitalizing an existing uh, manual system into a more better system that's out there in the marketplace. Yeah, exactly. Um, just, just understanding that BA, the BA role can you know play a big role in all three of those um, areas. Yeah,
0: and then to any of your listeners, the mind on the street- have that BA hat on. So like I said, I was an accountant. I didn't mm. in the BA. So it's all about, I knew there was a problem, I really had to solve it. <laughs> okay. So I so I say to people, I say, all right, don't don't think about, oh, how can I get into the BA role? So where you are right there, right now, what is the problem there that, tra- that needs to be solved? Take that upon yourself to understand what the problem is. Start to look at what the options are. Speak to different people, understand the requirements, you know, take it to your IT team. If there isn't an IT team where you are, because we didn't have one go online, Google, say this, you know, the, what kind of, how can we solve this problem? They'll, they'll, like I said, the YouTube, Google, ChatGPT is there right now to help you with this kind of issues now. And then come up and, and it has to give you ideas of how you can solve that problem. And then you can then take it to maybe your manager. So maybe you don't have the strat- you don't have access to the directors, but maybe your manager, can, you can say, you know what, this is the problem we're having here. I think this might be possible solutions to this issue. And this is what it's going to save us in the long run. And that's you doing that BA work. And well, that's the transferable skills we talk about when you actually get the real title BA, BA role. The mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, a lot of my clients, because one of the things we do is we train people and they come in and they say, Oh, we don't know nothing about BA. I said, Well, I'm sure you've been doing BA type things in your work before, you know, without even knowing you're doing it. And when we start, um, they're like, Oh, Okay, oh, oh, that was that. Uh, oh, we did that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, and then that, you know, so, yeah. So, always look for how you can solve a problem around you at the moment. And that's you just get walking, literally walking into the BA space.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, just, just, that's quite a nice segue then into, into what the work that you're doing at uh, Slingstone Business Consulting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, could you just, because uh, you're the founder, right? Of I'm the founder Yeah. Consulting. Um,
0: yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I like to say this story because Slingstone, i was founded on the back of me just being tired of being the only ethnic minority in the room. Um, right. Again, it was a side hustle, set of as a side hustle, um, because again, I, you know, I, I would meet other ethnic minorities, but they were blue-collar workers and they were unhappy being blue-collar workers. Mm. So I haven't got anything against blue-collar works but, um, or blue-collar working, but they were always unhappy and they were master holders or PhD holders. And so when I'm speaking, right. I'm like, okay, so why, you know, why are you here? And they're like, oh, well, we've tried and no one's, you know, we couldn't get into the marketplace. So obviously we need to pay our bills. So we're doing this. And they just say, "Bothering me, but me a lot because, you know, I'm like, okay, so these are intelligent people. Um, so why aren't they getting into the market space? And I started praying about it because, you know, I, I prayed and I, <laughs> and I got this word, like when people start from a lack of knowledge and I'm like, huh? Well, they are knowledgeable. They know, they know what they're doing. Uh, but I, then I kept about it. And then I realized that, fair enough. So because of the way, again, some of these people of migrants, because of the way the education system is back in Africa or back, like I'm from Africa, um, we have taught to regurgitate what we're, what we're told. We're not taught to think about applying what we're told. So most of them would come and theoretically tell you as opposed to show you how they've done it. OK, so obviously that's why they're not getting the, into the market space, because you're going into an interview and you're saying, oh, rather than saying, so as a business analyst, um, I understood there was a problem. You're going to say, oh, a business analyst is somebody that's a middleman. You know, he's not giving us the- <laughs> theoretical definition. Yeah. Um, and so I, so I thought, OK, how can we even solve this problem? How can we start to teach them how to apply their skills as opposed to theoretically telling me what it is? And so that was where Slingstone was, that was how Slingstone was born. Why someone is like asking the other day, why do you did you call it Slingstone? Because it's from it's a biblical term where David faced his giants. So these people, because most of them have had no's their, their confidence level is very low and they don't think they can do it. It's all about facing your giants. And so we teach you how to basically apply what you know. So when you get to the um, organization, you hit the ground running. Um and and you know it's been successful in the sense that all, most of our clients that get into the market space go and become trailblazers and they, they've gone on to do wonderful things and they've gone on to work for amazing organizations. right? And so, and so again, like I said, it was a side hustle, but then post COVID, I kind of thought, you know what, I'm, my purpose is to empower people and mm-hmm. you, can't, you can't do it as a side hustle. You need to focus on it. and need to help people because there are people that you're helping, people that you're breaking. And one of my things is to eradicate poverty. And mm-hmm. financial poverty is one thing. And that's what I'm trying to help with people because obviously VAs earn well and they can financially mm-hmm. take care of themselves so and their family. So I'm now 100% focused on helping the underrepresented community get into the tech industry through business analysis, through, digit, um, through process, um, project management, through PMO analysis, through um, design okay. thinking. So those are the kind of courses we run through UI slash UX because I'm very big on you don't have to be technically minded to get into the tech space. So that's Definitely. what we do in the nutshell. So we, we train an organisation, training people to get into the tech industry.
1: Oh, lovely, lovely. And that's, um, you know, you've mentioned quite a few different uh, professions within that. So it's not just BA that you're doing no, no. quite a few roles. Well, all of them are in tech, but mm-hmm. to your point, all of them empower people who are not from a technical background, don't know how to code or have a, uh, a computer science degree, but actually regardless of their, you know, their background, uh, through coming to to through your consulting practice, where they can learn yeah. um, the uh, and uh, and apply the skills, then they're able to essentially make that transition into the tech space, which which is a powerful thing. Because it took me, um, honestly, it took me because I so my journey. I mm-hmm. started off. I was in sales and account management, relationship management type of jobs, nice, manager services world. Yeah, nice. It was cool. It was cool <laughs> for a long time. I was I, my first sales job. I was uh, 17 or 16, no, no 17, mm-hmm. 17, because I was in sixth form at the time. And, and so after sixth form, I'd go and be on the phone selling home insurance over of the phone. <laughs> um, I knew nothing about home insurance, but I was selling it anyway. But you know, for 10 years, so from 17 to like 27, mm-hmm. I was in sales and, and relationship management of roles. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I kind of got to the same position where I kind of felt like, I've kind of done enough in that space. I wanted something completely new, something completely mm-hmm. different. Um, and I can't remember how I found out exactly about the BA role, uh, but eventually I just kind of made my mind up that this is definitely what I want to get into.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh, actually, no, I do remember. It's, a, it's quite an interesting story, yes. actually. So I had a client of mine. She was 20, 21, mm-hmm. just graduated from university. Mm-hmm. Had had got offered a job uh, with an organization as a business analyst at uh, a sixty thousand pound salary, and that took me by surprise. Yes. I mean, because I was just like, "Wait, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> you're a graduate, and this is the kind of salary you're making as yeah. a business analyst." So, you know, I'm thinking it's some technical job of sorts. So, I just kind of asked her, "So, what what exactly does a business analyst do?" Mm. And it, the funny thing is that she was telling me what she does. I was like, "Oh, I know half of this stuff because I did a business management degree." Yeah. And, I've learned half of the things you're saying, but I've just never heard of this job. And that's kind of where the, the you know, the, the wheel start grinding in my head and kind of made the switch. But that switch took me almost a year and a half mm. because I didn't have, mm. uh, I guess, uh, a, a strategic training or a set way of doing things. I yes. just kind of learned by myself reading books blogs, YouTube videos, all of that stuff, kind of doing it all self-taught, self-doing it myself and just applying what I know, to your point, applying what I know in my current job, building process maps, Mm. speaking to the manager, saying we can do this better, we can improve that. But it took me about a year and a half to then eventually get my first official Mm. year-old but having something like you know what you're offering could have easily cut oh, the time definitely. down to a fraction, <laughs> a fraction like three months. <laughs> because
0: yeah. the reason why I said I was excited when you said you were a, a client relationship manager is because that is actually a program we're trying to um, prepare for account managers because account managers are like the life. Line of a business, right? So I have, I have a friend that has some account managers, and he called me and said, "Can you come and train my guys because they seem to cost us more money? They don't get the right requirements, and so we build something, and then the client isn't happy about it." <laughs> So and they're like, okay, fine. Actually, so they're not asking the right questions against the course. So we can teach them some techniques to kind of get, the, you know, so that we ensure that they getting the right requirements. So mm-hmm. you know, and so when you said that, I'm like, you already have that. Some of the skills it's just, it's just the techniques that you need. You know, we need to refine absolutely. Bit. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> so yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, but you know, I, but to, to your point, then why is it important? Because you spoke about this quite a bit around the underrepresentation in the workplace. um Particularly in, in in our in our world in the tech space, why is that something that you're passionate about, and, and what do you, what would you, what would the ideal world look like for you? So because
0: um, because I so because I've, again I guess because I've travelled with um, across the world for, with you know with, with my work with what I do um, and I've so I understand different cultures and I see how diversity just helps So people's different perspectives, um, you know, different experiences, kind of also help the project. Um, I also, I, so, you know, for me, I see how the, I, just having a nice, I just, I hate being, I hate being the only person in the room, let it's just it really that way. I feel very uncomfortable about it. I feel like if I do anything, I'm going to get caught up, Like <laughs> not, not anything like, you know, um, you always just feel like, and you feel like you're, you're, there's double pressure on you to perform. Okay. That's one. So it's that, it's that, I don't like feeling like that. And no matter what you, what, you know, no matter how you say it, it's all in your head, sometimes it's played out. You've seen people trying to catch you out. You know, if you know, to see if you know what you're doing. <laughs> right. And I'm like, why is that? Right. Um, another thing is with diversity because like everybody just brings their own experience to the table. It's, it's, it's basically it's, and it's, it's, it's a good industry. And I think the reason why we're underrepresented is because we don't even know this industry is there. Genuinely, don't know it's there. Some people, when you tell them, like you said, you didn't know what the BA was. Um, some people, when you tell them there's a space like this in the tech industry, they think once they hear tech, because of the way they're coders and programmers, they and a lot of, especially women, just think, oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not going to do it. So there was a recent, there was a recent survey that um, BCS and the uh, Black Female Coding, or Women Will women Code, they together, a joint survey just recently last year, as, like late in November last year, and the survey said 24,000 black women were missing this in the tech space to 24,000 in the UK alone, right?
1: Wow.
0: That's a that's a huge number. That's a huge number. A, when I read that, I'm thinking that's because you make it look as if they have to be coders and programmers to come and do tech. And a lot of them just think, it's, no, it's not for me. Okay. But we make them understand that problem solving is a, a helping to you know, understanding emerging technologies and coming up with the right solution using technology is a way a lot of women are problem solvers, <laughs> mm. critical thinkers. We can, you know, they can bring that to the table and they can help your organization come up with the right solution. So basically it's, I just believe that when we are diversified, then we're more powerful as a group. Because everybody brings in their own perspective, and we get a better, you know, a, we get better solutions and better, better ways of working. That's that's my that's my thinking, and that's, I believe that strongly.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Uh, different perspectives, different um, voices in the room would talk about representation. You know, it, and obviously as BAs we speak very much about like being the voice of the customer, or well, sometimes mm-hmm. your perspective. Um, or your worldview would influence how you view that customer and the way you you know represent that customer. So I definitely agree yeah. that having those differences in, in, in not just it's not just a skin color difference. It's like a it's like a mindset, almost cultural, almost yeah. just life approach differences. Then actually gives you a certain nuance. There's no better. It's just that it's different. So. Um, having that different of rep- difference of representation being um, heard uh-huh. is is then the key thing. But that that twenty four thousand numbers is, is massive. It's, it's huge. Me and this is just last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, twenty four thousand black yeah. just black women alone, right? Just missing the text in the text in the tech industry. So it's it's we need to, we yeah. need to do more. <laughs> we definitely uh, need to.
1: absolutely no
0: absolutely. <laughs> another thing just to, add to your point as well is so you know okay so I don't know if you heard about the AI tool. Uh, I think it's, this is in the States, um, and I might be wrong, but I think it's in the States where, because of the way it's been written, it finds a lot of, so it convicts ethnic minorities. It, it's a higher conviction rate because it's more biased towards the Caucasians. And that's, again, that's because we haven't got the representation, right? Because if we did, beyond that tool, we'd mm. be able to understand, I mean, from a, a diverse perspective of how that tool should be built to ensure that it's fair, you know, in terms of making the decision. So you're not going to blame the tool, but basically you've given it a one way, <laughs> one view, right way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So everything else is just going to think you're a criminal. So yeah, so that's those are the kind of things why we need to be we need to be represented more in mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. The
1: spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I completely, completely agree with that. Well, Vivian, this has been such a fun conversation for me. An eye a conversation about digital transformation as well and learning a lot about what's involved and the differences in digitalizing digitization and digital transformation. Um, uh, and also just kinda of picking your brain on these topics. But also hearing, you know, the work that you're doing through Slingstone is 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 actually really encouraging. Um, and, and it's lovely to see. So As we bring this to a close, I've got two questions. Mm -hmm. Um, The first question is if people would love to uh, kind of connect with you and learn more about, you know, Slinkstone and and get that support that they need to make the transition into tech uh, or ask any questions about digital transformation, what's the best place for them to do that?
0: LinkedIn. So uh, my my platform is LinkedIn. Um, anything else, I'm not very conversant with. <laughs> but you can connect with me on LinkedIn. My name is Vivian Watcher on, on LinkedIn. Um, just send me a DM or send me a connection request. I'll happily connect with you. Um, yeah, that's that's the best way to reach me. around right now at the moment Yeah, It's via LinkedIn. Cool. Or go on my website and send, yeah, me, send me a contact. So our website is www. Com um. again, just <laughs> send a contact form to us and then I'll get
1: it. Cool. I'll put the links in the show notes for this one as well, okay. uh, for those two links, your website and your LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final question is, is there anything that you'd love to live uh, as, you know, just based on what we've spoken about today, any final words that you just want to... The people to kind of have this is the golden nugget takeaway sort of thing.
0: So I, I know people that people are there say, oh, well, business analysis with everything going on, is that, is that even going to be a, a role in 10 years' time? And I want to say, mm. yes, it is. It's, a, it's probably becoming more critically um, a, a, a critical career path or, a crit- or more critically needed in organizations because the transformation is going to keep going, it's going to continue. And the organizations need business analysts to help them identify that opportunity or problem analyze those you your problems, elicit the requirements, work with the tech team to get the right solutions. And that's something that will keep happening. It's, you know, we're getting better. So if you're thinking, oh, maybe I should do something different because BA is probably going to die in, two, in 10 years' time. No, it's not. Why? And why am I so sure of that? Because the core skills that people are, re- are being required right now are the skills that we have, the soft skills, communication, critical thinking, problem solving, negotiation, facilitation. We that those are, the, those, are, those are our core skills as a business analyst. So it's you know, we're getting. I just know that this profession is getting stronger now. University, I mean, like 20 years ago, universities were not even offering it. Now, universities are offering BA as a course because of yeah, so it's it's and that's and that should tell you something because it's getting it's it's becoming is it's much much needed in organizations and a lot of digital transformation projects are failing because they haven't. They don't have a BA on the project. I mean, recently I spoke to someone. I spoke to a chain manager the other day, and she was saying to me that she has a. She was really worried about the project that they're about to go live with because there was no BA. I said, "You can see the gaps already, okay? You can see the gaps already." And when organizations think that, oh, we know what we want, no, you don't, because you don't understand the technique to get to root cause. Root cause of the problem. You haven't even identified the root cause of the problem. So you think it's just getting a new shiny toy. You get a, and you're just replicating what you already have in a. In a in a in a new toy, I used to have the problems because you haven't eradicated the problem. You haven't actually understood what the root cause is. So, if you're thinking of getting into the BA space or even getting into the tech space, and you're thinking I'm not a technical person, I don't have a coding background, there are multiple ways of getting into the tech space without having to have any of those things, right? So, a BA is one. Project management is another. Um, UX/UI is another. Even being um a digital marketer, you don't have to have any coding um background to get into that space. So. Please, um, you know, take, I guess get, a, get away from that limited mindset to think I'm not worthy to be in the tech space. The tech industry is a big market for everyone with different types of skills. Just identify your skills and then, you know, start to go down that path. That's my final word. Thank you.
1: Thank you for that. And I think that is um, a perfect final word. <laughs> and um, uh, I, I'll call sign it and say, yes, I, I also believe that the BA... Uh, role is is not going anywhere in fact if anything it's getting much more critical as you to your word mm-hmm. and so I completely agree with that um, but thank you so much Vivian for your words of wisdom thank you Thando. thank you for sharing everything that you you know what your thoughts are and and just kind of sh- opening up about your journey and thank you for being on the podcast today it's been such a pleasure having you
0: thank you for having me I've had, had a fantastic time actually honestly it's been it's been good
1: <laughs> awesome glad to hear it